The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com t-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Rick Springfield is a Grammy Award winner who has sold over 25 million albums and scored 17 top 40 hits in the United States, including Don't Talk to Strangers, I've Done Everything for You, and of course, the number one hit, Jesse's Girl. He's also been a very successful stage and screen actor. Everyone, of course, remembers him as Dr. Noah Drake on General Hospital, and then his movie career really took off. He's had parts in True Detective, Californication, American Horror Story, and more. Rick is heading out on a summer tour with a new album, and I've got him on the line right now in California. Hello. Rick, welcome. I know this is a long tour for you today. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, I'm glad to. Great memories of you visiting our studio when you were here starring in FX at the MGM Grand. Yeah, yeah. last of the shows before everything became Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're right about that, actually. Um, you must you must have enjoyed kind of staying in one place for a while, yeah? Yeah, it was really uh, a very productive, actually, uh, two years for me. I got to write a whole album and and uh, tour, still be able to tour and still do the show. And it was, uh, you know, they, they treat you well in Vegas, that's for sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you break an arm during a performance here? Uh, I... Yeah, I broke my wrist, actually. I fell, uh, there was a whole, a section um, where I do a fight scene. The sets were amazing. I had this, like, 30-foot mountain that I was uh, supposed to uh, fight my way down as uh, as a... The Time Traveler, they had different uh-huh. segments, and one of them was H.G. Wells' Time Machine. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, yeah, and I, came, I was supposed to fall, drop down on a, uh, a beam that was gravity-fed, and, uh, and it's about 25 feet where it lowers me to the ground, and the fight continues, and something happened with the beam, and it dropped. I grabbed the beam, and it just dropped free, free fall, and I fell 25 feet. I remember my, my head hitting the... The the, iron, the metal deck and then the beam whacking me on the head and me hitting my head again on the on the um, on the deck. It was it was pretty shocking and uh, yeah. it didn't knock me out, but it, but it, it could have killed me. I mean, it was it was a big drop and um, I got up and still, you know, my thought was still carry on, carry on uh, with the show. Uh, and, uh, and I finished and went off and was trying to change for the next section and I realized my hand wasn't, left hand wasn't working as I tried uh, to un- undo my pants and I looked down and my hand, my wrist was all broken and so they called, you know, they said, you can't go back on. So we, I think we shut down for about a week and then I was back. Going way back to the to the 70s, because it was kind of an interesting period for you, you had this album, Springfield, which drew a lot of attention, I remember, at the time, and you presented it to Columbia Records, but they thought, what, it was a little too suggestive, and so they shelved it? Well, they thought they were buying David Cassidy again, you know, the new David Cassidy, which has yep. kind of been hounding me, you know, hounded me all, certainly all through the 70s. Uh, uh-huh. um, I was actually I was actually up for uh, for to replace David in uh, the Partridge family when he left, but which I'm glad didn't happen because I think it would have been a very short career. Would you have been Keith Partridge, or what was the situation? Would you have been someone else on the show? I think I was going to be like a cousin or something. Okay, you know, uh, uh, 
So yeah, it was it was in talks and everything, and I was kind of gearing up for it, and it didn't work. And and as I said, I think fortunately it didn't work. Although I certainly at the time I was you know kind of disappointed, but but I'd been pushed in a real teen direction. Then I was in all the teen magazines and and uh, hadn't really done anything. I was just in there. You know, they put pretty boys in there, and it was right. I was young, and and it was. Uh, so uh, they were looking to make a score, and uh, they, were, they were waiting for the hit. You know, the, doesn't somebody want to be wanted or my cherish or whatever? So right. it was uh, a lot of wasted uh, print on on someone who wasn't really doing much. I was writing, you know, and this record came out, um, and it was a rock record, you know, very sexually uh, oriented rock record. Yeah. And uh, Columbia heard it and went, nah. So they shelved it, and I was really bummed. That was a big disappointment to me. Years later, it came out. It has, yeah, it has since been released. W- one of the early bands you were in, Zoot, I remember, was very cool. I- I've seen some videos. And hearing your version of Eleanor Rigby, which was fantastic. What do you recall about those days? Uh, that was really the first kind of national success I had that was in Australia. And Zoot were a very big band back then, but we were yeah. a teen band. And and when I joined them, um, you know, Zeppelin was on the horizon and music was changing. And I was saying, you know, you've got to drop the teen thing. And I was a guitar player, so obviously uh, uh, everything was very guitar-based that I did. And I made up this arrangement of Eleanor Rigby as if Hendrix was going to play it. Or it was, And I'd never <laughs> heard of... Uh, I'd never heard of, uh, um, what's her name? You know, Paranoid. Oh, Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath. Yeah, Ozzy's band. I'd never heard that, but listening in retrospect, it sounds very much uh, like an Ozzy Ozzy version. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but it it was our biggest hit. And uh, someone said, I don't know if if it's true or not, but it sounds, uh, Lennon heard it on the radio and said that he liked it better than uh, the Beatles version. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that had to give you maybe a little bit of a boost. Uh, it it was definitely it, a it vi- music, of course, was really top of mind for you. But you were very successful as an actor as well. It goes without saying, General Hospital. But you were also great in Ricky and the Flash with Meryl Streep. What was it like acting with her? Because I'm assuming you gave her music tips, and she gave you maybe acting tips. Well, just watching her was was great. And uh, and seeing her brave, how brave she was as an actor, and and the, you know you can't really kind of be with someone in a scene and watch them at the same time. It, it, you have to be in the scene. So <laughs> I wasn't really kind of observing her as another actor. I was observing her as a character, a character in the scene. But but seeing her. I felt she was incredibly brave and taking chances that she didn't need to take because she was Meryl Streep, but she did because she's a great actor. And uh, and I learned a lot from that. And um, after that, I did uh, you know some uh, parts in True Detective and yes. Californication and and shows and American Horror Story shows like that. And it really helped me be more brave as an actor. Just just having worked with her and working with Jonathan Demme too. It was the last film he did yeah. before he passed away. Right. That was that was amazing. He's the greatest director I've ever worked with so far. Tell me about your new album, Automatic, uh, which comes out, I believe, in in August. Yeah, um, that's a new album, and there's 20 new songs, and uh, very excited about it. 
But, you know, it, uh, if people want to download it for free or whatever, I'm good with that. I just want new music out there. Yeah, I know that the singles Automatic and She Walks with Angels are out there on iTunes right now and the other platforms. It's great to hear that you're going to be touring and you'll be in our area at the East Center at the Edgewater Hotel in Laughlin. How do you feel about touring these days? I have an amazing band and we have a blast on stage and it, and the audience uh, picks up on that and it's just a, a party every time we play, and that's the reason I, I'm still out there playing. It's certainly not because I love to travel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think we get paid to travel. I think we play for free. Yeah, well, don't tell anyone that. Don't tell your agent that. No, no. <laughs> I, I wouldn't play for free, but, I, but right. it's the thought that counts. The new album, Automatic, it's coming soon. The singles, Automatic, and She Walks With Angels on iTunes and everywhere else. Rick, so much fun catching up with you. Stay well, my friend. Thanks, you too, bud. Appreciate it. I think he really wanted that role on the Partridge family, but yes, better for him that he didn't get it. So when David Cassidy decided to leave, they just shut that show down. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks for listening. As always, I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.